broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 48 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I have Trevor here with me. No Damon uh, again this episode, uh, but, you know, Damon sends his regards. Uh, <laughs> we we were concerned that, uh, that, that people were going to start spreading rumors that uh, Damon has left the show, but he has not, I promise. Yeah, he's... Uh, he- Damon's still in between houses at the moment and um, where he's staying at the moment. Uh, internet is not ideal for what we're doing here. So unfortunately, it, it makes it difficult for yeah. him to, to get on the podcast. So Yeah, um, we kind of need so, a strong internet connection to do this. So yeah. <laughs> it makes it a little hard. Yeah, j- just for anyone that's worried about it, right? You know, he's Damon's still yeah, around. Exactly. It's just, yeah. <laughs> So, but you just got back from your trip, Trevor, and I, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that you have to talk about because, uh, you know, I know you were doing a lot of cool stuff on your trip, uh, you know. So I, I'm just gonna let you talk about your trip, and I'll jump in occasionally here. But you please yeah, tell us okay. about your trip. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So there, yeah, there's I, I got a whole bunch of thoughts in my head about this because it, it really. All in all, it was a good trip, even though the weather was not ideal. Um, a couple of nights it got really cold. Um, down, so, sorry, ideal in Celsius. So anyone freaked out about numbers that I'm going to throw out here, this is all in Celsius, not Fahrenheit. So um, most of the days it was around 17, which is, you know, not super warm, but still, you know, enough that you don't have to wear a jacket. And then it did get down to four the one night we were there which um, is pretty cold. We weren't expecting it, but uh, um, we did bring jackets and stuff, so we weren't freezing, thankfully. Um, the stuff that I did on this trip, this this was actually a very... It turned out as a very different trip than what I had expected. So um, we still did uh, a lot of the things that we had planned. Like I, I had dining reservations planned, and uh, and we did some of those things. But I guess kind of how the trip panned out overall was a little different than I expected. And a lot of that was to do with, um, I think I'm finally getting it as far as uh, DVC goes <laughs> in that um, we didn't feel rushed. Oh, so and... it's the DVC thing of where you don't feel like you need to do everything because you've done every, you know, you've done everything and you just kind of feel like you're, you know, you can take it easy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was like, there was more than one point where we were like, oh, you know, we wanted to go do this or, you know, we wanted to get on this ride. And then it, and then it kind of clicked in. We're like, oh, you know what? It's fine. You know, we'll, we'll do it next trip. Right. Like, like we were, we were a lot more willing to sacrifice, you know, doing everything. And, and because of that, um, I wasn't completely exhausted by the time I got home, <laughs> which in previous trips, it was like, you know, I got home and it took me like three days to kind of recover from, you know, the amount of walking and everything that we did. So this was a much, um, it was a slower trip, but we still did a lot of stuff. So um, I guess I'll start from the beginning of the trip. So, so the first thing that I did that um, was kind of new and surprising was I actually met up with some friends down there. So, um, I have uh, I play online games, and I have these friends that I've played games with for like the last five years. And um, we usually they lived on on the East Coast, and they would meet up once a year. 
And this year, um, since they knew I was coming down to Florida, they all arranged to meet up with me in Florida. So, so we made it into like a, a group meetup for one day in Magic Kingdom. So, um, the thing about that is, one, I was super, I was super excited to meet my friends. We had a great time, and, and I'm so glad that I did actually get to meet them face to face. But um, I learned the challenges of, you know, dealing with a large group in a place like the Magic Kingdom, and. Um, I realized that you know I, I was very used to when um, when I travel with my wife and my son. You know, there's only three of us. It's very easy to to you know move around, move between rides and stuff like that. And when you've got a group of nine, you have to kind of accept the fact that you know a bigger group means you're not going to move as fast and you're not going to you know be able to necessarily make your way through the hub in less than 20 minutes because because <laughs> you're trying to keep your your group together right so that makes it hard for sure <laughs> yeah yeah so um but yeah so so we did that and that was a lot of fun um and then uh, we also uh we did a proper dinner show which um to this point i haven't actually done like I, we've done character dining but i've never done like a sit-down dinner show at disney world before and in particular we did hoop Dee review and wow. i loved it nice yeah it it, it was so <laughs> much fun like like just the like how they interacted with the people in the crowd and all of that like even as far as far as the food goes it wasn't like the best food i've ever had like you know it was chicken and ribs the ribs were actually really good i i like the ribs um, but like, you know, it was kind of the same thing you could get anywhere, but it was all around just a better meal because of the fact that, you know, there was, you know, the show going on and there was, you know, it, and, and it wasn't just a stage show. Like, like I said, they were in the middle of, of the, uh, of the crowd and everything. So, so for anyone that's done hoop do you know what I'm talking about? Anyone that hasn't done hoop do seriously consider, looking into stuff like this we're actually even looking at um like uh there's the uh the luau at uh, the polynesian as well that's the same kind of thing like it's a it's a dinner show um i would I'm seriously not gonna lie, look i've heard into... the luau is not the greatest i but i mean i don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> and, and and yeah i mean that, that could be true but but i think it's worth exploring these kinds of things like, like a lot of people will look Agreed, at you know yeah. the price tag on it and it's like you know it's it's kind of expensive but i i think you know, it, Disney can do these things right, and I think, I think they're worth looking into personally. And like I said, I, I really like Tupti Do. It's something I would do again. So um, yeah, so there was that. Um, other things that I did. So um, okay, you know what? Well, so we'll, we'll talk about Wreck It Ralph actually um, <laughs> right now. Because, I can't wait to hear about this actually. So so here here's the thing about it. Um, oh. Both Wreck-It Ralph and the Star Wars experience, they're both fantastic. But since I had done the Star Wars experience previously, um, I because I had done the Star Wars experience, I noticed some of the stuff that was done in the Wreck-It Ralph experience was... Like, they they were using the same kinds of mechanics and stuff like that. Um, that doesn't take away from the story of it, and that doesn't take away from the fact that, like... If you've watched Ralph Breaks the Internet, you're literally standing in the movie. Like it's, it's wow. amazing. Like we, like, like I was looking off. Uh, like, like if you've seen Ralph Breaks the Internet, you know how it's like a big cityscape kind of thing. 
um, is that just something you looking like around the, what they it. showed in the trailers? Like that's what they showed in the trailers because I didn't see the movie yet. So yeah, so so yeah, like when they were like on like they they were on like a little flying bus thing, and there was like big skyscrapers in the background and all that kind of stuff. Okay, it, gotcha. It was like that. So so like the visuals, like it, it was literally like standing in the movie, and I and I was super happy about that, and the the fact that it was they they used there was a, a little trailer that came out where it was the the kitty bunny pancake milkshake game um that does actually play into the story even though it wasn't a main part of the the actual movie um the way they worked it into the uh the story in the game was a lot of fun and the other thing that i actually liked about um the wreck it ralph experience over the star wars one is that um since it's wreck it ralph you're actually playing a game and you actually have um, a scoreboard. So everybody who's playing that experience, you're you're actually kind of competing against each other. Like the the Star Wars one felt a lot more cooperative. Like you're you're all on a team and you know you're you're making your way through this thing. Whereas Wreck It Ralph was um, like you were still working together, but you had like you could look on your wrist and you could actually see um, who had the high score and all that kind of stuff. And at the end, it showed you oh, wow. a scoreboard, which um personally i like that because like i said as a gamer um i I like seeing that like a a result of the stuff that i was doing like it it was a tangible result of you know the work that i had done inside of this experience translated to you know you know my son had one score i had a score and and um yeah it it was fun but but like i said the, the only thing that i would take away from it is that um and again, this is me as uh, as an IT guy and as a gamer. I could see the spots where they had borrowed the same techniques that they used in the Star Wars one. So from the standpoint of it being a unique VR experience, um, it wasn't as unique as you would think it is in, in the space of these two VR experiences. They're actually... Um, they actually play very similar it is the only way I can describe it without getting too spoilery about it. I, I so. think the most important question, Trevor, <laughs> though, is did you beat your son's score? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comment? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not going to go into it because some things happened, okay? <laughs> it was, okay gotcha. <laughs> but, yeah, but no, either way, we, we both had a really good time with it. We both thought it was great. Um, but like I said, my, so my only concern with it is, like I said, because of the fact that it, there was things about it that were copied from the Star Wars one. Um, I just hope that the void, like it, like I said, it made sense because the, you know, they're, they're running two of these VR experiences in the same space. So I can see why they would have used the same things in both of them. But I hope that going forward that they find new ways to use, like, that, that they split them out so that it is very clearly a very different experience. Like, like yeah, I, said, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You want it to be, yeah, no, it's a little bit more differentiated. That makes total sense. Yeah. So yeah. Cause my, yeah, like my only concern is, you know, I, I can see, you know, the void is going to start doing more of these things in the future. And I would be worried if they all became, you know, like, you know, how it's going to go down, you know, that, you know, they're going to, they're going to tell you to go here and do this thing and, and, and what you're doing doesn't actually change. And it's just the visuals that change, which, um, 
yeah, I just hope it doesn't turn into that. So that's really the only negative thing I have to say about it. But but the only reason I even say that is because I've done both of the experiences and I have that mind to kind of sit there and analyze the mechanics behind it. So, um, yeah. So I'm I, I'm not I'm not bashing on it, but I I hope that it, they don't take a turn towards the easy route on this either. <laughs> did, so did you do the Star Wars one again, or did you just see Wreck-It Ralph? Uh, we only did the Wreck-It Ralph because um, it actually it, it turned out that we ended up uh, we ended up making some fast passes in the afternoon, so we didn't spend as long in Disney Springs as, as we had originally planned to. So. Um, so we went and we did our experience and then in the afternoon we were back in magic kingdom. So, um, but again, it kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, um, the conversation turned into, um, well, I want to do it again. And then I said to my son, you know, we can do it next time. Right. Like, like there's no reason we need to do it all in one trip. Right. (laughs) So yeah, no, exactly. That makes total sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, like I said, that was fun. Um, I still, I totally recommend it for anybody that is unsure about the void, go try it either experience. You will be blown away by it. Um, and again, even if you haven't actually watched the movie, they're still fantastic. Like as far as, as VR goes, they are like next level VR experiences. So, um, yeah, give those a try. And so now I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to go over to speaking of magic kingdom, um, I'm going to talk about our Thursday <laughs> because uh, the Thursday night was the night we did the after hours party. So um, to give to give a bit of understanding about how our Thursday went, we originally had planned to go into Magic Kingdom in the morning and then take a break and come back in the afternoon or evening rather, do the fireworks and then do the after hours party. Um, that morning it ended up raining and we... Um, I wasn't feeling great. Uh, I unfortunately I got a bit of a head cold while we were down there, so we decided to uh, to cancel our our um, morning uh, dining reservation, and um, we actually ordered room service. So I, I got Tonga toast properly for room service, which is, is an aside. Was you know the room service there was fantastic. <laughs> um, That's so cool. so. It, so yeah, we we ended up actually spending just the morning around the hotel. So like it was you know it was raining, and so we you know just kind of sat and watched TV, and um, we had a Nintendo Switch with us, so we played Nintendo for a little while, and then uh, in the afternoon, our, our after it ended up being that we didn't actually get going to the parks until um, about five o'clock, and so we got over to the park. We watched the fireworks, so we, we did the dessert party. Which, um, once again, I, I've actually had um, I've had people ask about the dessert party. Is it worth it? Um, the plaza viewing is still absolutely worth the money, and and I even said this like I, I posted this when we when I was there on the trip. Is you know the view you get from it is is just amazing. And, and it was the same thing, you know, we got there, we sat down. Um, I did take your recommendation, Tom, that, uh, they, they had the hot chocolate there, the hot chocolate, the drinking really chocolate. Good. Yes. The drinking was, chocolate is was, amazing, right? It, it was delicious. And, and then, yeah, you know, so we, we had a warm drink cause it was a little cool that evening. And then we went over and we, uh, we watched the fireworks and then, and then it worked out really nice because we watched the fireworks and the park closed right as the fireworks finished. So, as everybody else was leaving the park, we snuck off into Tomorrowland and we started our our after hours party at that point. So we had gotten our wristbands when we came into the park 
um, because when you do an after hours party, you have to have a wristband or they don't let you on any rides. And, and so it was kind of funny because there were still people that were trying to get onto the rides after the fireworks. And we walked up and there was, there was actually a group of people there. And the cast member was like, no, if you don't have a wristband, you can't get on. And they were like, what do you mean we can't get on? You know, I've, I've got my magic band. And they were like, no, 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 this is a separate thing. And, <laughs> and so, so they, they were, that kind makes of you feel really just, like a VIP, right? I mean, that, yeah, that makes, yeah, that was it. It was really like, I, VIP. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I just, we just kind of flashed the wristband and then, uh, we, we got on space mountain twice in 10 minutes. So oh, wow. yeah, let that sink in for a moment. You know, we did both <laughs> tracks in 10 minutes, like, wow. like that, that right there was like worth the price of admission. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And, and yeah, so, so then, then we basically, we just started from Tomorrowland and we went all the way around the park. So, so this is one thing with the after hours party, you don't realize how quickly the time goes by. And, and this was something that kind of surprised us was by the time. And, and to be fair, you know, we, we could have not done the fireworks and we would have had more time because the fireworks, you know, takes 20 or 25 minutes, um, so that that did cost us some time in the party but um even if you're not doing that like we started off in in uh in tomorrowland and we made our way into fantasyland you know we got on seven dwarfs mine train um we did um yeah like like all the big roller coasters we hit up everything in between like all the the um small world and haunted mansion everything and yeah it was just it was literally just hopping from ride to ride to ride and it was so satisfying because we, you know, you would get on the ride and first of all, you know, just walking onto some of these rides, you, you forget what it's like. Like I've, I've done, I've had days where, you know, it's quiet enough that you get walk on, but um, I guess like on this trip, the, the comparison from on Sunday, because when we were there on Sunday with our friends, it was also a long weekend. And so there was more people in the park than usual. So ho- we got that holiday really, weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we got that really great contrast between, you know, here's what the park looks like when, you know, it's, it's an hour to get on Pirates of the Caribbean. And then here's this other night where, you know, we were just walking right up and like there was on Pirates of the Caribbean, there were six people in our boat. So (laughs) like, like it was just, it was fantastic. That's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, One thing I I got to share was what was the longest you waited for something just really quick. So, so the longest was Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and that was actually a twenty-minute wait. And oh wow, still, um, yeah. So so, but the nice thing about that though is even with the twenty-minute wait, um, one thing I would point out about that is you know I've always fast passed Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, so I've never actually gotten to see the standby queue. So um, going to the after hours party, we actually were able to walk through the standby queue and see all the things like there's the little. Um, there's the, the glowing gems and the water and the, what the, the buckets that you spin to get the, uh, the effects on the ceiling and stuff. Um, we, oh, yeah, it's we an amazing to, it's a really nice, game. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, but the funny thing is, is, you know, it's, it's never one that I would justify spending, you know, two hours standing in line to see those things. So, um, so again, the, the advantage of the after hours party is that you do actually have the time to not just get on the rides, but also, you know, see some of the queue stuff that they do that, you know, it's designed for, you know, the people that are there waiting in line forever, but you get to, you know, see it, but not wait in the line for it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, that makes total sense. 
Yeah. So I, I also wanted to share another thing or I, I got, sorry, I got a couple more things. So I'm kind of doing a big brain dump of just all the stuff that <laughs> happens. So, um, uh, yeah. So, so one thing that, that really stood out in that party was, um, we went on the haunted mansion and it was the same thing. We got to the stretcher room and there was us and there was like five other people in the room. And the lady that brought us into the room, she actually like, she herded us all into the, the, the dead center of the room, you know, as per the joke that they say. Um, and she was standing like we were all, we had all formed a circle. Like she, she, she had kind of gotten us all to stand in the circle and she was standing there as part of the circle. And so we were watching the stretching room and I, I was kind of mouthing along with it. And I kept looking at her and she was, you know, looking at everybody around the room and then the lights went out and you know how it's like the lights go out and it comes back on like a second later. Um, yeah. In the time from when the lights went out, she she actually ran to like the opposite corner of the room. So like where we were all used <laughs> to seeing her, the lights came back on and she was gone. And everyone like we had that moment of like, what the heck just happened? And then and then I kind of turned around and she was standing like the far back corner of the room. And that's that's something that'll stick with me. Right. Like, like even though I've been on that ride so many times and, and I still love it that kind of interaction is not something that you could get outside of of a, a a thing like an after hours party or a moonlight magic party so um yeah so so the reason that i'm saying that's all this really is, you know, that's really cool that's a really cool story to tell yeah exactly like like yeah that's why i wanted to say is you know you know for for as much as you know everybody says you know the you know the cost of these things is more expensive um but it's more than just, you know, getting on the rides. There is all those, you know, there's all those cool character interactions and cast member interactions that you just, you wouldn't get them during the day, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it, yeah, the, the, having having less people there, it, it does matter. And and also like, yeah, even, even things like, you know, the, the free popcorn and free, uh, free Mickey bars and everything. Like the, the cast members just seem, like even though they're there for you know it's it's an after hours party you know that they're they're putting in you know a bit of extra time to do this you can definitely see that they're having fun with it as well and that they're they're you know i mean the the magic's there all the time but you just are able to see it more when there's not as many people around (laughs) so yeah that's that sounds that sounds really cool i it sounds like it was a really good time. I was going to ask you if there was food involved with it as well. I, I figured there was for what the cost is for that that thing. So, yeah. So, so what it is is that they, the, none of the big stores are open. It's just the uh, like the small snack carts, and yeah. So that they have like you know all the the, the Mickey bars and the the frozen fruit bars and stuff and popcorn. So, um, again, kind of nice when you you know you're ma- when you're doing that full tour of the park where like you start from one side and you're just hitting all the rides is in between rides you know you grab a mickey bar as you're running to the next ride kind of thing but um just keep in mind that this was something actually that i saw happen quite a few times is that you know people are grabbing these bars and they're thinking you know that they're gonna you know hop onto a roller coaster whatever and they're gonna continue eating their ice cream bar and they were actually getting stopped at like before they even got into the queue by cast members saying no you got to finish that before we'll let you into the queue because that's probably a good idea yeah. So, so, so yeah, again, for anyone else that's doing, it, you know, just be courteous about that. Don't assume that, you know, you're going to be sitting on big thunder and you know, you're going to like your Mickey bar is going to go flying out of your hand and 
hit someone in the face or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, like, you know, take the time to finish your food in between the rides and all that. So, and, and like I said, I say that because I did see that like actually quite a lot that night was that, you know, there was, there was lots of people that, you know, they, they figured that they were going to have these snacks and go charging onto the rides at the same time. So, um, yeah, don't I mean, do <laughs> I feel like I, I understand why they don't allow it, but I also feel like it's really inefficient uh, you know, for your little amount of time, I, w- I would like to eat a Mickey bar while it was on the uh, Haunted Mansion, but I also understand why it's not allowed. So. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, is I know, I know myself and I know you, Tom, and I know, I know, you know, our listeners, we all know better, but there's always those people that don't know better. <laughs> and unfortunately they have to, you know, play to those people that don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the rules always exist for those people more than than, yeah. than us <laughs> yeah exactly so. yeah so so like yeah like i said the the after hours party was fantastic um the yeah fireworks was great again um what else did we do i'm trying to think if there was oh actually yeah so there's yeah there is one story that i want to share it's speaking of you know cast member interactions and all that um, so I, I haven't talked about this stuff in the past because, uh, I know we're, we're Disney parks or like, like we talk about Disney, all that kind of stuff that this is kind of part of my personal life, but it's also, um, it, it, it kind of speaks to the fact why we go to Disney, I think, or part of why we go to Disney. And, um, so, so I guess I should start off by saying, um, Right after we got back from our trip last year in May, um, literally a week later, my father-in-law passed away. And it wasn't an expected thing. It was it was very shocking for us. And so my wife and I have spent the last um, better part of the year um, dealing with the aftermath of that. So, you know, settling a state and, and all of that. And so part of this um, trip was... Um, we kind of used part of this trip as some healing for for dealing with uh, the loss of a family member, and so we had actually um, so we had had some buttons made of of with a picture of my father in law, and we had taken them with us, like we put them onto our our bags and taken them with us in uh, in the parks. And um, so at one point, my wife, my son, and I, we were in Animal Kingdom. We went off to go on uh, Everest expedition, and my wife decided to go and get pictures done with Mickey and Minnie at the the Adventurers Outpost. And while she was there, so so she was, you know, she stood in line, and then you know she got up to the front, and she started taking pictures with Mickey and Minnie. And then it started off that Minnie had actually noticed that my, my wife has a magic band that has a picture of Walt Disney on it. And so, so Minnie pointed it, pointed it to my wife and my wife said, yeah, you know, that's, you know, one of the important people in my, in my life. And then the, the photographer asked, well, well, why is that? And so my wife explained what happened with my father-in-law passing away. And she, she said to, you know, everybody in the room, you know, um, there, there was a lot of nights where she wasn't sleeping and, um, part of her way of dealing with that was we would watch the the Mickey Mouse uh, cartoons. So so we have a bunch of different cartoons, and so so she used those to kind of help her get through this hard time in her life. And so she explained this to Mickey and to Minnie and everything. And 
they gave her like the biggest hugs ever. They did like so many pictures with her. And, and the thing is, is that like, like she said to them, you know, she, she said to Mickey and to Minnie, you know, if it wasn't for Walt and if it wasn't for you, you know, you guys don't realize how much you help people and how much you, you, you know, make the world a better place. And, um, I think the message that I got from that or or the part that I got out of that that really made me happy was that, you know, there's all these people that work in these Disney parks and a lot of people love to, you know, be cynical about it and be like, Oh, you know, it's just Disney, you know, there it's a corporation, all that. But the people that are actually doing the work there, you can see where they, they do care about other people. And, and like, I look at the pictures that my wife got and I, and I listened to, to her tell me about, this story and 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 it does make me realize this is why we go there it's it's not it's not because you know i i necessarily you know or i shouldn't say it's not that i you know i i just care about the cartoons because it's it's kind of an all an all-encompassing thing right like it there's the, the the cast members and the details and just everything about the park it it just it helps make the world a more positive place. And it really, like I said, it was really highlighted when, you know, something as tragic as losing a family member, having, you know, other people that, you know, they don't even know you, but they're taking the time to show you that they care and to, to, you know, just be positive is a big thing. And, Sorry, I feel like I'm kind of rambling here. It's it, no, it, no. It, I yeah. I get what you're saying. It's 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 just kind of one of those things that that makes you happy, and you know, it's it's you appreciate the kindness of of these people that are essentially strangers. But it's it's the reason why you go to Disney, right? Is because they do this kind of stuff, and you know, they yeah, they, uh, and, yeah. It's it's nice, you know. And, and and I mean, like I said, the the thing is, is that you know that that memory and my wife you know, doing that. She, and she even said, you know, when she went in there, she was not expecting the conversation to go the way it did. And it just like the cast member just kind of started asking questions and stuff. And, you know, Mickey and Minnie were, they were both picking up on those things. You know, they were giving by the end, you know, they were giving her kisses and she said she got like the biggest hug from Minnie ever. Like, like she said, she almost squeezed the life out of her. <laughs> and um <laughs> Yeah, but like it, it again. It's just it's some of those things that you know we're gonna remember that we're gonna remember. Oh yeah, how how that feeling was going forward, right? And, and that's why we're gonna be back there again. So absolutely, yeah. So so yeah. I mean, all, like I said, all of these things combined is you know we had a good trip. We had, like I said, we we did a lot of things that we didn't expect that we were going to do and um we and i think there's definitely a lot of things that we're going to look at again we're, we're definitely going to consider those after hours parties you know looking at some of the other parks i definitely think that the after hours parties are, are worth the money even though it is a bit more expensive than than a standard day ticket um and yeah i i think the other things that i'm going to be looking at too is you know the um we're planning to be back there in November. We're going to look at the Christmas party as well for the same reasons. Like it's yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how the next trip goes. (laughs) Well, and meanwhile, I, I have now scheduled a second trip for this year in June. Oh, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, that's great. It sounds like you had a really great trip. Um, you know, and, and it sounds like uh, it was a really special one for you guys. So, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That's, it sounds like it was great. I know everybody on our Facebook page really enjoyed the pictures that you were sharing. Um, I know you got to actually, see Malefic- Maleficent, uh, on our, on our first day back too, which was cool. So yeah, actually, yeah. Sorry. Thank you for reminding me. It's, yeah. One, we did, we did get to see Maleficent and um, I, I wish I had been standing at a different point on the street because yeah, when she breathed fire, everybody cheered. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> like every, every time she breathed fire, like the whole crowd was cheering about it. And yeah, to, to, to go back to um, about, you know, people liking and, and commenting on the Facebook pictures and everything. Um, I just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm so blown away by the response we get from you guys sometimes. Like, I still can't believe that there's so many out, so many of you guys out there that are listening to us. And like, when I make those posts, um, <laughs> I, I tried my best to respond to them when I had time. Like, it, it actually, like, like I would make those posts and it would be like, as we were running off to a ride or going here or whatever. And then I would come back like an hour later and, and I would see all the, the, you know, the likes and the comments and everything. Um, and just, so you know, guys know, you know, I read through every single one of those comments and I saw all those likes and everything. And, and I mean, I, I appreciate that you guys in, were enjoying it as much as we were. So, so thank you to all the listeners for, for yeah. that kind of stuff. We have a very engaged audience and I, I appreciate, I love, I love when we get emails from you guys and messages on Facebook and, and, you know, we don't always respond right away because, uh, you know, it's, it, we get a lot of them, so, but we respond yeah. to every single one of them. We, we never don't respond. I mean, that's, we, and not to do a double negative, but we, there's never a time that we don't respond. So we will respond to your message if it's a week later or, you know, we try to do it as quick as we can, but we appreciate it. So, you know, we just appreciate the fact that anybody listens to this. We're almost two years in now, believe it or not. And, um, you know, the amount of people that listen to the show is, it blows us away every, every single day. So yeah. we just can't believe it. So, so anyway, uh, so yeah. great trip. Right, let's, um, yeah, I, we, we spent quite a lot of time stuff, talking right? about that, but yeah, let's, let's get into some actual DBC news. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, of course, right after the last episode came out, uh, you know, they started booking for the Riviera, and I know we've been talking a lot of Riviera on the show, and people might be tired of it, but a couple of our episodes ago, we did our reckless speculation or ramp, yeah, was it reckless or rampant? I don't remember what we called. It. I think it was rampant. <laughs> yeah, um, rampant. <laughs> yeah, I think it was rampant. Um, and one of the things we talked about was the uh, the tower section of Riviera, and there was some rumors that it was going to be some weird rooms in there. Well, now we know, um, and basically what these are, if you haven't seen them yet. And, and if you're part of the DVC, you know, community on Facebook, this has been posted a bajillion times. But um, one of the room categories is a, a, there's a new room category to DVC called the Tower Studio. And this is a specific room that only sleeps two people. Okay. And these are in that tower that we were talking about. So we were actually kind of right about this. I think we were saying that they were going to put these weird studios in there. Mm-hmm. And and basically, it's a it's for two people, specifically for two people. Um, it's the bed is in the wall. So the bed, it, you, there's, you can see there's a little couch there and then the bed actually folds down from the wall. So it's not a sofa bed. It's a full size bed. Oh, not full size, but it's a queen bed it's, that pulls down. It's from a the wall. Murphy bed is what 
there you go. Term is. Yeah. Murphy bed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the technical term Murphy bed. Um, there's kitchenette. There's a kitchenette and drawers in the wall too that are hidden there. If you look at the layout of this room, it is a tiny room. I don't know what the square footage is, but it is small. <laughs> but at the same time, I think to myself, before I had a kid, my wife and I would have totally loved a room like this because we just re- used the room for sleeping. It was not. You know, it, it would have been perfect for us. We didn't need a lot of room. It was, it was, you know, there's a bathroom in there. There's a place to sleep, and there's a balcony. Sure, that sounds great to us. So, I, I think this is interesting. I'm, I'm gonna be interested to see how many points per night this is gonna be. Cause yeah, I, I don't for know. sure. And I, I think what this, what this says to me is that, um, you know, DVC is changing their demographics for sure, because. Sure. You know, if you look at every other studio, you know, you know, all of us that, you know, when we saw this, because I, I even I saw this, too, when I was on my trip, I was like, this is a, a two person room. Like, what the heck? But <laughs> I realized, you know, the majority of, of those of us that are using DVC, you know, that we're thinking about the family dynamic, you know, you know, you've got get the parents, kids or, you know, multiple groups of people traveling together. So, you know, the bigger suites are more attractive, but um, I, I do think back actually to like, yeah, before, before I had kids, you know, my wife and I did make trips where it was just the two of us. And um, yeah, th- this is the kind of place that would be appealing to, you know, there, there is couples that, you know, it's just the couples traveling or it's, you know, people that, you know, they're retired and they, they just want to come down with the two of them. It does make sense. Um as yeah. far as the amount of space goes, yeah, I, I don't I don't totally agree with, you know, the the whole compact living thing, but I think also that's part <laughs> of it too, is that it's you know, you know, that they're appealing to that that's become a trend now, you know, you know, people building the these tiny, tiny house homes. Thing, right? yeah, yeah. So so I think I think Disney's kind of trying to focus in on that. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um but yeah, I, no. I, I have to wonder though if uh you know they they have these these two people ones. I wonder if they're going to have lock offs for these. Where I doubt it because I think they're just in the tower, right? So how could they do that? Well, because but, but again, be adjoining, depends on if right? there's one or. But it, it, yeah. it again depends on how they actually fit together. If you know, that's true. If they're able to, you know, have two of them lock off, then you know, you again looking at, depending on how much the points are for these, you know renting off two of these you get two you know fairly small spaces but you can fit four people in there now right so then yeah yeah i i don't know i mean i i could be totally out in left field on this i would i mean we'll, we'll have to wait and see what the points look like when it comes out but uh yeah it's it's definitely a different thing and, and even, so for myself you know this is not something that i'll look at you know probably in the next five to ten years but at some point my wife and I may end up taking trips again where our son's not included. That's when this yeah. kind of room will, will be something that we'll consider. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I like the idea of introducing a new room type that caters to, to couples going. Cause I, I mean, there's a ton of people that just go as couples. I mean, my wife and I, I think went six or seven times before we get, we had a kid. So at least, I mean, more than that, probably. Uh, and you know, a lot of those times we had people with us. So, you know, we would get bigger rooms, of course. And, and here's the thing, this is just one 
type of studio in the Riviera, they have a regular deluxe studio in this in this hotel too. So they they do have your regular studio that sleeps five, that has the the pull down bed, uh, you know, the little pull down uh, bed that comes from like beneath the TV. They mm-hmm. got one of those in there. Um, so I mean, th- it's still there. Um, I'll just be interested to see the points. My assumption is it'll be less than a regular. It has to be re- less than the studio, right? By a couple points, I would think, because it's so small and only sleeps two. It's got to be a pretty small amount. I'm also thinking there's going to be a fairly small inventory of these. There can't be that many rooms that have that are in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think you're right too. Is yeah, that the, the, there aren't going to be a ton of these, and it, there's no way that they can. I don't see how they can make this attractive without making them one of the cheapest points rooms yep. on the resort and it has to be also something else to think about too i, I was just realized this as you were talking you know for for all the people say you know why would you want to use the this um this small t- uh two-person suite um for all those couples that you know are wanting to go down if there is these suites available for these couples that means that they're not booking the larger studios that are in such high demand. So even though it's not the kind of room that you necessarily want, um, it's not a bad thing because it means that other people aren't fighting for the same type of room that you want because there's another room type that fits what they want to do. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It, it frees up other inventory for other people for sure. So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, and um, also I I, I kind of like the uh, the way they described the uh, the rooftop restaurant. Oh, I'm I'm loving this rooftop restaurant. I'm I'm all like because this resort doesn't appeal to me that much. It's just not my style. I do think it looks nice. I feel like a couple people have been a little harsh about it that I've seen on on the Facebook groups. They feel like it looks like any other hotel. But then I've also seen some people that are like. I live in the area you would call the Riviera and this is what I would expect as far as style goes. So, I I mean, I don't, I I get it, but there's, you know, for every highly themed resort, there is a Disney, like an animal kingdom or a wilderness lodge. There's also a, um, you know, a a grand Floridian or an old Key West or a Saratoga where they, they look more like standard hotel rooms. They're not super highly themed. So I I don't think we should always expect to be like way over the top theme. You know, I I think it looks really classy, but this, this rooftop restaurant, uh, and I, I, if, I'm sure we have Italian listeners that will just destroy me for this, but I'm going to uh, Topolino. Is that how you would say that Topolino? I was going to say Topolino. Topo- so I guess eh, it's yeah, probably, somebody, yeah, you know. somebody correct us. It's either, it's one of those Topolino <laughs> or Topolino. We should have asked Ziggy. But, Ziggy's Italian. He's our buddy. He, he probably yeah. would have told us, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Topolino's Terrace is the rooftop restaurant. And Topolino is apparently the name uh, that for is actually what uh, Italians call Mickey Mouse, which I think is cool. That they did that, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's perfect, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing too about this is that I I didn't even really think about this, but it's between Epcot and Hollywood Studios, which means yeah. you, you can watch both the like Epcot, so Illuminations or whatever the ones coming after Illuminations, and you can watch the Hollywood Studios fireworks. You get both of them. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. It looks like a really nice restaurant too. Um, I I do think it's interesting. They're saying it's going to be character dining, but I, I'm wondering if that's maybe just breakfast because this looks way too fancy to have a dinner uh, <laughs> with characters. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I could see that. I, I could see it going down kind of the same way Ohana has. Yeah, that's what I was because, thinking. 
Yeah, because Ohana does the character breakfast, and then you know they have the fireworks type dining in the evening. Um, as far as characters go, I because this is uh, European, I'm betting that this might, as weird as it sounds, they'll probably have like Remy from Ratatouille as one of the characters there. I mean, they could because it's it's. I mean, it's like French and Italian, right? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was I, thinking they ha- they have to have Mickey Mouse there, right? Because it is named after Mickey Mouse. <laughs> true. <laughs> so so yeah, Mickey, Mickey, Remy, and I don't know who else you would put in there, but uh, yeah, it, I think it'd kinda, be interesting to see something who it's going to be. Yeah, yeah but it's I'm, definitely different. I'm, I'm for putting sure. money down. I'm putting money down on Remy right now. I can see because of the Ratatouille ride coming, and all, and the fact mm-hmm. that yeah, it's Italian, like like European style. I'm betting that Remy is going to be one of the characters there. And I think that'll be very popular because right now I believe you can meet Remy in Disneyland Paris, but there's no meets for him here. So maybe once the ride opens, he'll have a meet and greet somewhere. Yeah. The, I, I, I don't know about you, but the more pictures I see about this, the more I, the more like renderings they release, the more I like it. I, I think the pool looks really nice. It looks really nice on the outside. I, I think, you know, you can only tell so much from renderings, right? Because there's going to be changes that happen to the rooms. Like the furniture is not going to look exactly the same. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be slightly different, but I, I think it looks nice. I, I'm I like I. I don't. I wouldn't buy into it just because of the resale restrictions, but um, and it's also just not. It's not kind of my style. But I would definitely stay there, and I, I one hundred percent will eat at that restaurant. Like that's gonna happen for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm because I'm, I'm a big fan of rooftop restaurants, and this one with the views that that it looks like it has. I mean, it's all windows up on the top floor, and we'll we'll post these renderings to Facebook if you haven't seen them. But um, really, really nice. So oh, yeah. I, I I like it. And I, I, I like the idea of the tower studio. I think it's cool. So Yeah, I'm I said I'm I'm definitely more willing to explore this as a place that I would stay now that we now that we can see it a little bit better, right? So Yeah. I kind of wish we had Damon on because I know Damon was a while ago was interested. He really was digging this resort and was thinking and I would like to see, you know, now that we see more, um, you know, kind of what Damon's thoughts are on it. But we'll eventually when Damon comes back on again, we'll we'll have to ask him. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, Anything else you want to say about anything else you want to say about that before we move on to the next thing? No, I I'm I'm just waiting to see points on it. I'm that's my big thing right now. I I I want to see how much those tower ones are. I'm interested. It's got to be less than 10 points a night, right? It's got to be. I mean. You think so? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe 10. Maybe 10 itself. I mean, because you look at some of the, like, the, I don't want to say lower end resorts, but if you look at, like, a, um, like, a Saratoga, they're, I think they're usually, like, 13 or 12 a night for a regular studio. Yeah, I was going to say, week, because, anyway, yeah, for, for, for a full week, it would, for a full week, it would work out to, like, you know, like, 70 points. Like, that's, that's incredibly low. I, I can't see them going that low on it, but. I mean, but I feel like they kind of have to, because it's so small, and it only fits but, two people. But, but I guess here, here's the trade-off, though, is that, you know, a place like Saratoga is lower points, but it's kind of away from everything else. This yeah. is also you know, still pretty central to both Hollywood studios and Epcot. So prime real estate. Yeah. I, I can see that skewing the, uh, the point values a little bit too. Yeah. I think you might be right about that too. And you, you'll have the monorail resort premium, even though it's not a monorail, you'll have the Skyliner premium probably yeah. tacked onto that too. Yeah. I, I, 
We'll get into the skyline in a bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that. into that in a bit. Um, yeah. I do. So I wanted to bring up too. So I, I don't know if you saw this while you're out. So we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, we or a couple episodes ago, when we talked to DVC Resale Market, we talked about the 2020 point reallocation. Um, and, and those of you that don't know, basically DVC had released the point charts for 2020. They had, you know, kind of dramatically re- um, upped some of the studios and they had lowered uh, some of the point values for the, the two bedrooms and the grand villas and the um, and the cabins and, you know, those those places. Um, and it seems like after a lot of people complained that they actually backtracked on this. So do, no one can ever say that Disney slash DVC does not listen to your comments because they do. I truly believe that. I mean, it seems like they completely fixed the Moonlight Magic registration process. Um, after the debacles that were happening last year, um, yep. and 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 for this, they backtracked. They actually went back and said, "Okay, well, we're going to make the 2020 chart more like 2019." And they said specifically it was in response to uh, customers being upset. So I, I was amazed. I can't believe they did it. You know, and and I think I, I think the thing about this is that. Yeah, definitely a lot of people were upset about it. And I and I think the biggest problem with it is that it was such a drastic swing. And it does, you know, people yep. bought into contracts, you know, thinking thinking, you know, oh, you know, I, this exact amount of points is gonna get me through. And then yeah, they, they just, you know, totally skewed that by you know, f- forcing people past those thresholds of, you know, this is now too many points for me to stay here. Yeah. So, yeah, I can understand people being upset. Um, it sounds like for, from what they said is, you know, they're they're undoing what they had done. So it's closer to the 2019 point charts, but they're going to go back and analyze it again. So, so I guess for everybody that's listening to this, keep in mind, you know, again, the rules stay state that they can adjust point allocation as much as they want that there's nothing illegal about it some people were suspicious that you know they had up points in some places and they didn't actually take the same amount of points away i don't know that i'm not you know i i don't have enough visibility into how those allocations work to tell exactly you know you know how much points they have but I wouldn't be surprised if in the future what we see is that instead of seeing a drastic point jump over a couple of years, you will see things start to shift slightly. So you'll see, you know, things <laughs> go up by a point or two points or whatever. Um, and just so you know, funny. keep that in mind, right? <laughs> like It's so funny you're saying that because those are my exact same thoughts about this. I'm like, they're still going to do this. They're just going to do it yes. slower. <laughs> like, yeah, it's still going to happen. They're just going to do it gradually. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that, it, like they said, you know, it's it's all to do with demand and usage patterns. You know, they're not going to give, if they're giving away, you know, a, a suite, you know, that, you know, a couple of weeks of the year, it's, you know, the lowest point value of all of them. And you have to, you know, everybody's fighting for this one. And then the rest of the year, they're not using up their points. Disney doesn't want that. They want to make sure that, that, you know, people are using up all of the points over the year because they have to... I mean, that's part of it being DVC and of it being a timeshare. If people aren't using those points, then I, I believe they actually get some kind of penalties for that, don't they? I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, well, I have no idea. I, that's, that's a good question. I, I could be wrong, but I thought there was something about timeshare rules that they, like, as far as availability went, they had to make sure that that 
that it was actually being utilized. But even at that, even if it, if it's not breaking any rules, it's still not in their best interest to not have people staying there, right? You know, if, if everybody's focused on, you know, one part of the year and then they've got another part of the year where like half the resort is empty, that means, you know, all those people are not spending money there. So either way, you know, yeah. they, they lose at the end of the day, right? Their, their goal here is they want to try and make sure that there's people in there all year round. As much as we don't want to hear that as the customer, we don't want to hear that the place is full all year round. That is their goal. Like it's, of sorry, course. it's it's a business, right? I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sugarcoating this for myself that I expect that you know I'm going to have the Polynesian to myself for a week. I mean, oh, oh my gosh, that would be amazing, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, it, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Yeah. You know, this is not on its face a bad change because the idea is pushing people out of studios uh, that can go out of studios and into some larger rooms like a one bedroom or a two bedroom and that frees up more studios and everybody's always complaining about the lack of studios like that's the number mm-hmm. one complaint you always hear from DVC members not enough studios studios are always booked studios are hard to get so this is a basic economic thing you raise the price of it it should lower the demand and that's the idea right so um on the face it's not a bad thing but i understand why people got upset because it was drastic and it it looked a lot worse you know it looked bad so i I get why people were upset about it and and it because it seemed like disney was like raising prices somehow which in a way they are but at the same time it's it's how dvc works it's it's you know you sign this in your contract they are they have a responsibility really to the to all of us as the owners to re- reallocate the, these, uh, you know, however often they can based on usage patterns because they want to fill this inventory as mu- up as much as they can. And, and and that's a good thing for all of us. We want to have more availability, right? That's the idea. And so if there's a whole bunch of two bedrooms and three bedrooms sitting empty, that is not good for us and it's not good for DVC. So um, yeah. and, I think that's the idea. And also I'll, I'll make one other point on that as well. Uh, and People may not like to hear this, but this kind of stuff does affect your resale value as well. And so first of all, I'm not planning on selling my DVC contracts anytime soon, but in the event that I did decide to sell, um, if if the point allocation is such that you know it's not desirable, it's a lot harder to convince people to buy into it, and it's a lot harder to sell it for the dollar value that you want to get your your money out of it so yeah the you are you, these you still waiting on your rate of first refusal by the way i am actually so it's <sighs> um i'm Soon. I'm really hoping that it comes through soon. I I will let you guys know when it does. Don't worry. I will <laughs> I will I will let everybody know when when it comes through. But um, yeah, so far that's we we actually sorted all that out before we went on our trip, and so it's just the waiting game right now. So yeah, which is the um, worst, right? <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So so like I said, you know, for for everyone that's you know saying you know Disney's just trying to you know squeeze more out of us is well. Yeah, I mean, when they're a company, of course they want our money, but you know they're they're trying to do it in such a way that they get the most amount of people in there, right? So, um, yep, yeah, it's makes sense to it, me. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's reality, right? You know, I don't I don't kid yeah. myself that you know, it, the, Disney's still a company at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that's, I think it's good. They walked it back, but like I said, I like, and like you said, I think they're still going to do it. They're just going to do it slower and it's going to yeah. feel, it's not going to feel as bad when they do it slower. So, um, 
I, I should say this for anybody that's new to DVC or that um, um, or that's thinking about DVC that's listening to this podcast. Um, don't buy points based on exact numbers that you see for renting a room. So like if, yep. if you know, you say, I'm going to stay here for four days and it's going to cost me 75 points to stay for these four days and all I'm going to buy is 75 points, don't do that to yourself. No, you know, bad idea. Yeah, you, you want to make sure you actually buy more points than what, like a little bit more, not like a ton more points, but you know, you know, give that buffer to yourself because it, it, it's a twofold thing. Is one, you um, you can uh, make sure that you know when these shifts happen, you have enough points to to accommodate for it. So it's not you know you're not having to buy extra points or rent points from someone else. Secondly, if you have more points than you actually need, um, you can keep carrying those points over every year. So. So it's not that, you know, you take the same points from like 2019 and you, you carry like, you know, five points, five years. What it is, is, you know, what it means is that, you know, if you carried over five points to the next year, that next year you're using less of your points for the next year because you've, you've used up the five from the previous year. Eventually it gets to a point where you actually have like, you end up with a bunch of extra points. And that means either you can look at booking you know, a nicer, uh, a nicer room than you initially planned for. So, you know, like one of the bigger ones, or if it gets to a point where you've got a bunch of extra points that you're not going to use, you can rent them out and then that helps pay for your dues. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so something to think about is, you know, anybody that, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're hearing about, you know, all these changes and you're going, uh, you know, do I, you know, do I buy the hundred points, even though it's, you know, not quite enough is, you know, maybe you actually want to buy 110 points because then you have enough for what you want to do. And then that little bit of extra does translate into either, you know, helping pay your dues or helping get you a better, uh, I shouldn't say better, but a different room. Cause sorry, all the rooms are good at DVC. <laughs> there, there's, there's really nowhere bad to stay, but it, it gives you the option to do, you know, the bigger ones that you wouldn't have necessarily considered before. And of course, buy what you can afford. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. I mean, yeah, don't, don't go and, you know, break the bank doing all this either. I mean, you, you also have to look at your own finances, but you know, don't, the, the, the reason that so many people were upset about this point allocation is that I know there was a lot of people that they bought very precise amounts of points based on what the point charts were like four years ago or something like that. So don't make that mistake. <laughs> well, and you, and you heard from DVC Resale Market, those guys were former guides and they told us that they're trained to tell them not to do, to tell customers not to do that, not to buy based on what there is now. So not to say that there are some guides that probably don't do that. There probably are yeah. uh, guides that don't do that, but I, I, they are trained to tell you not to buy the amount of points like for what the point charts are right now. Yeah. And, and we were told that ourselves, but yeah, like I said, that's that's not always reiterated, and and sometimes too is you know when when people are looking to buy these things, um, I know for us, it took us a long time, like it took us over a month because we had to make sure that we were out of the honeymoon phase, because the danger too is it's not just you know a matter of the uh, the um, the guy selling it, they can tell you this stuff, but a lot of people are so worked up in in the hype of it 
that they don't actually listen to what's being said. <laughs> That's exactly so, right. Yeah. You get, you get, yeah. it's a compulsive buy for so many people. So you just get caught up in it. You get excited about it. You don't, your brain doesn't start, you know, doesn't work for a couple minutes <laughs> and then you yeah. make poor decisions. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So not that buying is a poor decision. I'm just saying sometimes it is for well, some people that don't understand how it all works. Well, it, it's that impulse, right? It, it's getting yourself out of doing that impulse buy. So exactly. Uh, I, I guess I'm kind of putting that out there as a public service announcement after all this stuff with the points thing is, you know, you know, look into it, but you know, think about what you actually want to do before you buy and also account for the fact that these things can shift and they will shift in the future because like Tom and I are saying, yep. we this is going to change. Be prepared for it. <laughs> exactly. Be prepared yeah. that it's going to change because usage patterns pa- patterns are going to change too. So, I mean, they could, you know, studios could go down at some point too. Who knows? I mean, things can yeah. change all the time. So, exactly. But I, I wanted to. I want to know what you think about this twelve thousand dollar tour. Let's let's explain this thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so yeah. All right. We're off of uh, DVC now, and we're on to. Um, so there was a new VIP tour that was released called the World of Dreams uh, tour. And I guess the big selling point of this is that you actually get to tour the Cinderella suite in the castle, which... Uh, if you can't stay there, I don't want to tour. I want to stay there. I don't care about touring. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's the thing. I don't know. You know Maybe I, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the, the description is the tour costs $12,000 for up to six guests and is 12 hours long. So that's $1,000 an hour. <laughs> well, break it down by person, though, too. I mean, but no, I... I oh, that's... Well, well, okay, divide that by <laughs> six. So so each person's paying about 100 and, 100 and something dollars an hour. No. Yeah, I guess, yeah, if you got six, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. close to 200. Yeah. And yeah, something like that. So, so in one hour... <laughs> I, I, we shouldn't I can, do math can, on this show. This is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can think of better things to do with with a day. With Twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. 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 But like I mean, what I find interesting about contract. this, is, <laughs> you know, it is. It's a DVC contract. But I, you know, I'm like reading the benefits of this, and it's it seems like you basically just have like carte blanche to do whatever you want. Like it's it's basically okay. I can cut any line. Uh, I can go any backstage. Uh, all your meals are included. You don't have to have reservations, so you can just show up to any restaurant you want. Like that's kind of cool, but I don't know. Is it worth twelve thousand dollars? I don't know. Um, it seems like a lot of money so, for that. Okay, so so here's here's one way to think about this, I guess. So I did the uh, the after hours event. If you had twelve hours and you were going to hit, so you know, the four parks, so three hours in each park, which is about the same as an after hours event, but you were going to do them all in one day. That's what this would be is, you know, you, you, you do all the rides you, and you know, you're stopping for, for meals, you know, wherever you want to go. And then, yeah, you get, you get the tour in there too, which is a bit of a bonus, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's still it's, kind of a hard one to swallow. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, there's no way. Like, I, I think about it, it's like, yeah, you know, twelve hours, bang out four parks, hit every single ride in there in twelve hours. <laughs> I would be exhausted. Like, 
That's yeah. not how I would want to use a tour like this. <laughs> well, and if I spent that kind of money too, like I'm the type of person that I really want to get my money's worth, which is why my next trip with my daughter is going to be hard because we're going to like be taking breaks during the day for nap time and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like the open to close guy because I want to squeeze every dollar out of what I paid, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah. So for me, if we were doing this for 12 hours, I'd be like, we're not stopping to eat. What are you talking about? We're, we're going. We're going to get on Big Thunder 12 times, you know, like <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I mean, I, we've said many times in the show, we don't care about stuff like this. Like if someone's willing to pay this, then more power to them. Like it's not going to affect lines. It's not, you know, six people is not going to ruin everyone's day. Uh, if they cut you in line. No, (laughs) yeah, no, definitely not. It's, it's it's not going to ruin your day. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is definitely, you know, like, like I said, it's a VIP tour, right? You know, if you, if you have the money to do this, all the more power to you, but I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can I'm think good. of better I'm ways good. to spend twelve hours and twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd spend the twelve thousand dollars on a new DVC contract. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, that's. But, I just thought that was interesting. It's kind of funny, and I, you know, I, I, I think it's funny. Some of the Disney news sites were presenting it as like you could stay in the Cinderella Dream Suite, um, and you know what? Honestly, I think if Disney ever allowed people to pay for that suite, it would cost a lot more than twelve thousand dollars. Just saying. Uh, agreed. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so I, I just remembered anyway. <laughs> something as as we were talking about that. So so that, sorry. This was just a quick aside. When I was at the after hours party, we got on Space Mountain and we heard two of the cast members talking because it was like right at the beginning of the event, and they said that at one of the previous events there was a guy that showed up there and his only goal was to ride Space Mountain, and in the span of three hours he rode it something like sixty five times. What? Yeah, that's crazy. Because well, because he just he just kept walking back on, right? He there I was mean, nobody yeah. there, so he just he did it over and over and over again. That's amazing. So, so I mean, if if you want to spend twelve hours riding Space Mountain, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I I my favorite ride in Magic Kingdom, it, besides the People Mover, which is I know that sounds weird, but the People Mover just has a weird special place in my heart. Um, is Big Thunder Mountain when the one time. I did, you know, when you do extra magic hours, when they used to have, and I think they still occasionally do have until 2 a.m. at uh, Magic Kingdom. Um, and one of my friends that was with us, uh, we we went on Big Thunder, I don't know, four or five times. I would probably just do that all night. I love that ride, <laughs> especially at night. It's a blast at night. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I would I just would keep doing that. And I mean, you know, we were with some other, you know, all the other crowds that were there were like going crazy and cheering and it was a lot of fun. Um, so I don't know. That's probably what I would do. But, you know, <laughs> that's pretty funny that that guy did that. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. But so so I guess it, I, I want to know how the conversation goes the day when you tell your wife you want to spend twelve thousand dollars to ride Big Thunder <laughs> for half a day. That's yeah. that? just make sure you have your phone up and you're ready to take the picture of that key moment of the look on her face when she goes seriously <laughs> i guess if you have 12 grand to waste on something like that and maybe it's not waste but to use on something like that i i don't know i i maybe your wife wouldn't look at you that way <laughs> yeah well I, 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 I would still get the look my wife would be like why <laughs> like, yeah, why <laughs> yeah. why yeah 
Um, so while you were there, uh, there was they were started testing the Skyliner. I know you put you put some uh, you put a video of that, um, but they. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on Disney Parks blog, but they they did, put yes. out a video actually like a behind the scenes. Yeah, which you know I'm. I'm super psyched about this. I know not everybody is, but I know, you know, you and I are pretty psyched for it. Um, the thing I thought that was interesting is when they originally announced this, they only announced like a couple characters that were going to be on these. And then they, in this, in this video, they announced all the characters uh, that are going to be on these different gondolas. So we're talking like, originally it was like Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Pluto, Chip and Dale. Now they're doing Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, Lilo and Stitch, Moana, Peter Pan, Princess and the Frog, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, Zootopia, Coco, Goofy, Pete, Horace, uh, Clarabelle Cow, Finding Dory, uh, Haunted Mansion, Monsters, Inc., Pirates of the Caribbean, Ratatouille, and Star Wars. So basically everything they own is going to be on these things. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, out of everything you listed there, the one that surprises me the most is Horace, Horace Collar, and Clarabelle Cow. Really? Yeah, because you know, a lot yeah. of kids don't know that one, maybe? Yeah, it's, they're not really very prominent right now. Like, I mean, my, my kid knows who they are and all that, but you don't see them on a lot of merch right now. So it's, it is kind of surprising. And, and I'm actually curious how they're going to update them because oh yeah, true. Um, cause they, they've done the same for all the other characters, right? Like they've got the new Mickey Mouse and all that. I wonder yeah. if Horace and Clarabelle are going to get some of that treatment. To them. That will be interesting to see if they do do that. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. They all of a sudden were like, "Oh, we have all this IP. Why don't we put them on? You know, put everything on these things." <laughs> so, well, well, that's good because that says that there's going to be a lot of gondolas, right? Oh yeah, so, there's a ton of gondolas. Yeah, it's a crazy yeah. amount of gondolas. And and I just saw a video today of them doing even more testing. I, I saw they're actually they've got some gondolas out on the line, not the not the final ones. They have some test ones out on the line, and they're slowly moving them through. So I was I was saying to Trevor that I'm going to get a gondola expert on this show. We're going to interview a gondola expert just because there are so many people online that are so negative about this thing, and I I just I need everyone to understand how great this is going to be. So I'm yeah, going to get a gondola and- expert on this show. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I I don't think I know we keep saying this. I don't think it'll be as bad as everyone thinks it is. You know, you know, they talk about it's you know a little metal box and how hot it's going to be. I I don't know. I mean, I've ridden high speed gondolas before, and and like in the middle of July, like like in in hot seasons, and yeah, one it, you know it's so fast. I don't think you'll have time to notice even if it is warm in there, like it, it'll be, you know, no different than it'll be no different than, you know, walking around in the parks, like, you know, you get on and, but then I I think just because of the amount of distance that they're going to travel, I think that will outweigh any negatives that come with, you know, yeah, it's a bit warm in there in like the dead middle of July in a heat wave, like, (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, there are huge vents on them. There's going to be passive ventilation on, that comes from underneath. You're going to be moving a lot faster than you think you're going to be doing. Because the video I saw today or yesterday, they were moving pretty slow. But that's because they're testing them. These things can move yeah. pretty fast. And it's a pretty short trip. And I mean, you're, I just don't, you're going to get a nice breeze. You're, you're, you know, 30 feet off the ground or whatever, however tall, you know, so you're not going to be getting that heat that's coming off the asphalt. Um, it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna be better than people think it's gonna be. It's, I'm just, I'm excited for them and I I hope people give them a chance because I think if you give them a chance, you'll see it's not as bad as you, you have in your mind that it's going to be. So 
Um, but I, I just thought that was this cool. I, you know, the, the nerd in me, uh, which is most of me, um, was really enjoying the behind the scenes <laughs> video of them showing, uh, the, the stations and then moving the, the, uh, the different gondolas through and everything. So I'm just hoping this is open by the time I go in October, which I, if they're testing it now, I feel like it's gotta be open by October. Right. I, yeah. I, I feel that they want to have this open before summer. Like it, it makes sense to me that they would want to have it open for the busiest time of the year. Right. Well, I think the only thing holding them back at this point is uh, this, a lot of the a lot of the stations are not done yet, so they're still doing a lot of work to the stations, and I, I don't think they have all the gondola cars yet either. I think they just started getting them. So, um, and they said fall, but I I don't know. I I just don't see how based on the progress they made, I feel like that's going to open early. Yeah, I I, I think you know th- the thing about it is they can you know it may be that it's running at a limited capacity to begin with. Because, yeah, they, they can keep adding cars on as they go, right? Like, the, the whole idea yep. is, is that the yep. cars can come on and off. So, um, yeah, maybe that it starts off with, with a limited number or not as fast as everyone is expecting. But, um, yeah, I can, I can see them doing, like, a soft opening and then ramping up to, to proper speed. And, and I think the thing is, I think the reason that you and I are so excited about this is that <laughs> I'm – I'm hopeful that this, if this is successful enough, that it leads to more of it. And my main reasoning for that is that, you know, if kind of what the monorail was supposed to be is, you know, this alternative means of of getting between places that, you know, you don't have to wait for a bus, you don't have to fight with traffic and it's, you know, it's direct, it's fast, convenient and all that. I'm hoping that, this will lead into more of that. Like if they find that, you know, the Skyliner is successful, that all of a sudden they build this network of gondolas between all the different parks that, you know, you can get from, you know, most hotels to, you know, I I would love to, you know, for them to do one from like Magic Kingdom area to Hollywood Studios or to uh, Animal Kingdom. Like, you yeah. know, give us that give us that network of, you know, I don't have to get in a car or get on a bus for anything. That would be, that would be my dream from this. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's probably Disney's dream too, because the buses are expensive. You need humans to operate them, uh, you know, that have special licenses. There's a, and I don't know if people realize that there is a bus driver shortage. Uh, Disney's offering huge bonuses to people to be bus drivers because they can't find enough bus drivers. Um, Yep. And so, and and that's the thing too. I, I think people don't realize about this. Regardless of whether you use it or not, it's going to benefit you because any amount of people that ride this thing are going to be taking stress off of the bus uh, system. That's really what's going to help here. It's the same thing the monorail does. It takes stress off the bus system and allows it gives the bus system more capacity and it gives, you know, it gives the, uh, you know, obviously people an alternate way to travel. So it's going to be good for everyone, whether you ride it or not. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's remain positive about it and i just like i said i'm i'm also too you know a lot of people are dismissing it before they even know what it is so uh, yeah i i think i i just really want to see how it actually pans out and, you know and, and i'll say this too you know if, if we're wrong i'll be more than happy to say you know sure fine that they didn't think it out they didn't you know they didn't account for all the variables and they're gonna see the pain of it but i do hope that this is successful so i i just don't think that disney would spend 
millions probably i mean i don't know how much they spent on this but i mean it tens of millions hundred million dollars on something that guests aren't going to use i i think they that's that's the big thing for me is i i really think that they did think this through quite quite uh detailed and i i don't think the the air issue is going to be as bad as some people think it's funny to me that nobody ever complains about it just you know walking around or uh, on the people mover or on the old gun all the on the old skyway no one complained about it then that that thing didn't have air conditioning i think everybody just assumes mm-hmm. that this you're like completely closed in on this thing and there's just no airflow coming through whatsoever but the truth is it i mean it will there will be a lot of air coming through so it's not going to be nearly as bad as people think and i'm, I'm excited for people to see that and try it out and and really get a good idea what it's going to be like so yeah i yeah i i think we we've kind of <laughs> we made this point about about the gondola so many times i i think everyone knows <laughs> yeah i know knows our stance they know where we stand this on this one <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly um so did, did you see this next part here i, I thought this was kind of interesting so i actually i didn't see this until until you you put it on the uh on the list for today, um, this I, I kind of knew that like Disney was starting to get into the customized stuff, but I didn't think it was going to be quite to this level, and I'm actually kind of happy about it. <laughs> yeah. So those that don't know, Shop Disney is now offering customizable uh, official Disney shirts. So you know, every, if you've ever gone to a Disney park, you see tons of people with customized shirts on but they're all kind of bootleg you know they're they're from yeah, some site yeah. and really you're not supposed to be the using Etsy, copyrighted images Etsy custom yeah. ones or whatever yeah I always wondered yes. why they didn't go after this market before like I always felt like this was a blind spot for them and I, I'm glad they finally did this you know I, I think it might have to do with you know doing this kind of thing means you have to have a a very flexible you know t-shirt or, or shirt producing provider so i mean the thing you got to keep in mind with any of these things is that nine times out of ten it's not disney doing it directly like they don't they're not going to set up a whole shop just to do the stuff they'll usually try to outsource it where they can so i'm thinking it's more yeah yeah it's more that they were trying to find the right people to do it the way that they want right and yeah i mean i'm glad that they did right I'm, i'm glad that uh I'm glad that they're doing this because yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for, you know, getting, <laughs> getting shirts off of Redbubble or whatever that are, you know, different. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you, I think this is the thing is, you know, everybody, you know, you can buy the shirt in, in the park, but I know for me personally, it's like, you know, I find a really cool shirt and then, and I've done this before. Like I, I found, uh, um, what was it? When I was in Disneyland, I found a, uh, a space mountain shirt and I was all excited about it. I was like, oh, this shirt is so cool. And uh, and I put it on. And then as I was walking around, I saw like 20 other people wearing the exact same shirt. And part of you is, you know, you're excited about it. Like, because it's like, yeah, you know, that, that person, you know, they like the same thing I do. But then there's also the part of, you know, seeing 20 people all dressed the same. It's like, it it kind of takes away from that uniqueness, right? It takes away from like, you know it's not just my shirt because you know yeah 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 so it's you know having having you know one like you know something specific to the theme that you like but also having it be unique which they can do here that's that's what people want and that's what i've always wanted is that you know you know i don't want to necessarily buy 
the one off the shelf. I want the one that, you know, I can put my name on it or I can put something like I can redesign it so that it doesn't look like anybody else's and that, you know, you know, I can say, you know, this is my shirt or this is my style when I'm walking through the park. So yeah, this is, yeah, I think this is great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm planning on doing customized shirts for my October trip and I, I've talked about this before on here that my sister was uh, a fairly anti-Disney until she took a recent Disney trip and then uh, immediately when it was over texted me, so when's our next trip? <laughs> so, yep. yeah, and so I've been texting her like the most audacious uh, Disney shirts because she won't wear ears even, you know, she's she's not she's not feeling like, you know, the, the shirts. So I'm going to make some shirts that she has to wear. So I'm going to try <laughs> to find the most ridiculous Disney thing that she needs to wear. So this is this is a service I may be using before the, the year is out here. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they got like the I think I actually think the uh, the Mickey Mouse Club one is kind of cool. Like oh, it, it looks like really, the Mickey Mouse some really club cool gear emblem with, yeah, yeah. You, there's you got some options for sure. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to be bootleg anymore, so that's <laughs> that's good. You don't have to just you know steal uh, steal the Walt Disney uh, Company's pro- uh, pro- property. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, me personally, I'd rather go legit than than you know uh, than going through like a. And this is no offense to people that do this. They think there's a lot of really cool shirts out there that I've seen, but I, I think it's cool to have the official ones and, you know, be able to put your name on it and have it, have it look really cool. So, yeah. And, yeah, so and even cool. like, yeah, so, some of the reprint ones, like I know when I buy them online, you know, the big picture online looks good, but then when they put it on the shirt, you know, it sometimes doesn't like it. You know, it looks like grainy around the edges and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it, hel- it helps. Well, and, and, that, and you've, so. <laughs> yeah, and you've got the backing of Disney with this too, right? So, you know, the other ones, you don't know what you're going to get because you're ordering it from Etsy or, you know, you don't, I mean, and, you know, maybe that shirt fades out or, you know, falls apart within a week. You know, at least you get this with this, you have the customer service of Disney and you have the ability to, you know, go back to them and get whatever fix if you need to get a fix. So, yeah, that that's another good point. <laughs> Yeah. So since Damon's not here, let's talk some Disneyland stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, Specifically I, I'd be to see what you Stardust. Think. <laughs> yeah. Project Stardust. This is, this is kind of cool. I think, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to go over this one, Trevor? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so right now Sleeping Beauty Castle is undergoing some refurbishment, which I know I've, I've seen, you know, people were upset about it because they want to get pictures, but there's a scrim up all around uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle. So, Part of the reason they were doing this was to prepare for the opening of Galaxy's Edge. Um, in addition to that, there's a number of other enhancements that they're going to do around the Disneyland Resort. So um, let's see if it says here. Um, they, enhancements range from overall beautification of the theme park to maximizing guest comfort and access. So I know one of the things that they highlighted is that, that there's going to be um, there's going to be more seating in places so so you know you're not forced to be on your feet nearly as much i i agree with this i don't think there's enough benches around the parks um they're also going to be redoing the curbs on main street so um, right now the curbs are very sharp and uh i've i've witnessed it myself you know people aren't paying attention and they uh they don't step up onto the curb or they don't realize that there's a step down off the curb and so they you know trip and they take a header and fall <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so 
so yeah, they're going to do that. Um, they've already repla replaced the horse-drawn uh, streetcar track. Um, Fantasyland has had the guest queues reconfigured for the Matterhorn bobsleds, uh, Small World, and Dumbo. Um, I've actually I've seen some videos of this. So so the Matterhorn, um, for anyone that hasn't been to Disneyland, the old queues were like they were built in like the 1960s and they were narrow. Like it was, it was so crazy difficult to get people in there. And the actual amount of space that the, <laughs> the funny thing was, is that at, before they did this redesign, they had like a, a bunch of little switchbacks right in front where the cars are. And then past that, they actually had to install uh, just a chain and it went all the way around the Matterhorn to like where the, uh, the lagoon for, um, uh, Nemo's undersea adventure. Like it, it wrapped all the way around the mountain to, to the backside towards Tomorrowland. <laughs> um, it, the, the equivalent of that in, in, uh, um, Disney world is like, if you were in line for seven dwarfs mine train, if the, if the line for that wrapped all the way around to where the teacups are, like it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And, and which uh, it does sometimes, by the way, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it like that but, in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing is, is that the, the, they, they expanded out the queue space so that there's actually more space to have people in that queue area. And they, they made it look like, like it actually makes sense now because I, I think when, when all of those areas were designed it, you know, it was in the sixties and they didn't think that there was going to be, you know, 20,000 people in that space. So, so yeah, that, I think that's great. Um, also in addition to that, so, so again, going back to all the things that they're doing. Um, so they've, they're moving the locations of planters. They're moving vending carts to make, um, additional walking space and more efficient stroller areas. And yeah. And, and so, so yeah, that, basically like Disneyland is a lot more compact than Disney world. And honestly, even I kind of hope that they do this same kind of thing at Disney world at some point, because there are some spots where like they're, they're don't get me wrong. They're really good at managing stroller parking and whatnot, but there's still a few places where it's just ridiculous. Like it's just crazy bottlenecks, right? So oh, yeah, the, the one I can think of the most is right in front of Peter Pan and uh, small world right there. Yes. Always. They always have a cast member there directing people to stay to the right or to the left, or I guess it's always to the right. So, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah exactly. So, so yeah, that, I'm glad that they're thinking about this stuff in Disneyland because that tells me, you know, they're doing it there obviously as part of a larger project. I hope that means that that that'll translate into, you know, they'll learn some lessons from this. They'll learn how to better, you know, utilize the space. And, uh, and, you know, Disney world does it well enough, but I hope that all the little improvements and everything do make their way to Disney world as well. So I, I, I think yeah. this is a great project. I, I think the fact that, you know, you know, everyone who says, you know, Disney is just, you know, they're just building new places to get more money and everything is that, you know, this project is a good example of, you know, they do, they do still care about making sure that the place, you know, is appealing and it makes sense. And it's not, you know, just a sardine can that they're cramming people into. So that it's functional, that it's functional, yes. you know, that people can actually go through. Yeah. And, and, you know, they are doing upgrades to the castle this time too, is because they, apparently there was some damage done to it. 
um, at that last anniversary uh, where they when they did some cool stuff to the roof of the castle. But I guess when they did the cool stuff that they did, it, it also damaged the castle. So <laughs> they're redoing the oh. roof of the castle. Yeah, too. So oh, I, did, I did not realize that because I, I, I did see the, the 60th anniversary decorations. And yeah, they were fantastic. Yeah. I didn't realize that they had any negative effects and i guess yeah that's one thing with the uh with sleeping beauty's castle is that all the spires and everything those are all real gold so i guess if they uh if they scratched any of that up then yeah that's that's not good (laughs) that's yeah that's that's what i had read and you know i don't know if that's true or not but i I, from what i've what i've read they that you know that's part of it too is they're fixing the roof for sure that they've filed permits for that and that's why they have all the uh, all this why it's all covered up now but um there was there was damage done during the uh, diamond celebration and so that now they have to fix that damage a couple of years later here so yep. um yeah so it's so which stinks but it, i'm glad they're fixing it so yeah all, all in all you know that's it, it's good that it's positive um yeah you know actually sorry i I actually want to move on to this rumor right now too. If we can do that, um, I was just yeah, no, because this is the last thing yeah. we have, and and we're only calling this a rumor because Disney hasn't announced it. But I've seen several publications put this out there, so yeah, I, I not just one. I've I've seen a couple different publications put it out, so I, I'm feeling pretty confident that it's true. But let's let's call it a rumor until Disney officially announces it, or whether they do or not, or what we we just notice it. Do you want you want to talk about it, Trevor? Yeah. So oh, me too. So. <laughs> Yeah, what it is is that now when when you've made uh, Fast Pass reservations, if you have a room reservation with Disney and you cancel that room reservation, they will also cancel your Fast Pass reservations. Um, thank goodness. So, <laughs> so I had no idea this was a loophole. By the way, well, that people were exploiting. Well, here's the thing: is I I didn't think about it until I read this, but it totally makes sense. So what people were doing is they would they would um they would reserve a room like a a disney on property room so that they would get that 60 day window and the thing was is that if you canceled that room um before 30 days then you would lose your fast pass so from 60 to 30 days if you canceled that room reservation then your fast passes would go away because it was no longer valid however past that 30 day point so within 30 days of the trip if you canceled your room reservation you would still keep the fast passes. So what people were doing is that they would they would book a room, like just a room anywhere on Disney property at 60 days, and then after 30 days, they would cancel it and they would go book something off property. And so then they would still get the 60-day booking window, which, the, yeah, the, the awful thing about that is that, you know, they were, they're taking up fast passes for those of us that are staying on site, like... They're also yeah. taking up room inventory too that people could have been booking too, which is well, just yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too is you know they cancel that that trip at thirty days, and you know you know there's a chance that somebody else will book that room at thirty days, but still yeah, you know it means that again it, it's it just makes it that much harder for the rest of us because they never intended to use that room in the first place. So you know again people that are exactly. looking to book those rooms further out, they're not able to get them. So. Yeah, this is this is a great change. I had no idea that this was a loophole, though. I and maybe I'm just not in on the fast pass loopholes because I I want to follow the rules of things and not do shady stuff. Um, but but I had no you idea know, my, that this was a thing until I read this. Yeah, you know, my wife said the same thing. I, I was like, you know, 
you know, it makes sense. Like, like when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, that is one way you could, you know, game the system. And then my wife was like, but you're not that kind of person. So you wouldn't have thought of that. And I'm like, exactly. That's true. Yeah. Like I, I mean, yeah, I, I would rather, you know, work within the limits of the system. And I mean, obviously, you know, there's ways that you can, you know, work it to your benefit, but this is, you know, very clearly, you know, they're, they're doing this stuff with the intent of, you know, they don't want to give Disney their money at the end of the day, but they want to get the fast passes, which, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's very nice. No, I, and for me, like I work the I work the fast pass system. I I get at least seven eight pa- fast passes every day, but I do it within the guidelines of the rules. I I do it based on how the system is set up, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> not not the shady way. It's like I just you know I book I schedule all of my fast passes as early as possible. As soon as the third one's done, I find another one that's as soon as possible, and then do that for the whole day. And you can end up with a lot of fast passes if you do it that way. But it's that's within the rules of the system. I'm not doing anything wrong there. I'm just taking advantage of how the system is set up. So, and if you talk to somebody that works for Disney, they'd tell you you can absolutely do that. It's not they're not trying to stop that. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I think don't know. This, this is a good thing change. also. Yeah, th- this plays into like, like for every anyone that's saying, well, you know, you know, yeah, working the fast pass system, you know, you, you're kind of doing the same thing. This is also like. Um, this is a, a user experience thing. And th- this also plays into, you know, some of these people that are making these fast passes, they're not even, uh, they're not even necessarily staying there. Like the, I, I think this also plays back into these, these third party um, tour guides that they call themselves where, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, somebody pays them. So, so they're making, so, so yeah, th- this is the other side of it is that, you know, there's people out there that, you know, they figured out they're make booking all these reservations because they just have to, you know, get a credit card deposit or whatever, and then cancel it at 30 days. But they're booking up all these, uh, these fast pass reservations that they're then selling to other people as, you know, Oh, I'll get you the VIP treatment. So I'll get you, you know, all of your, your fast passes and you, you can pay me to do that. And then they, they're the ones, you know, pocketing the money. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've, I've seen, by the way, I, I've seen quite a few people Then you know, this kind of just got out there right before we, we recorded this. So um, I've seen a couple DVC groups where people are reacting. Well, how is this going to affect wait lists? I don't think it affects wait lists at all. Um, based on what I've seen, it, you know, because I, and I believe when a wait list comes through, it's just a, it's a modification of your reservation. So it's not a cancel and a rebook. It's a it's a modification. And I, I think it even keeps the same reservation number. I don't even think it changes. Um, so I, I don't think that this is an issue for wait list things coming through. I don't think Disney would set it up that way, especially when you can get wait lists all the way up until seven days before your arrival. Yeah. And, and also, I, I, I feel like, again, with the way the system is set up, if you know if you're changing property like if if you're deciding you know you want to stay at one resort instead of another but you're still staying on disney property i'm pretty sure that they would account for that because again they they don't want to alienate the people that you know they're just staying on property because there there's no it's no trade off right you know they're they're not gaining or losing anything on the fast pass system by changing within the system but and again, yeah, for for people who are in DVC, it's the same kind of thing. You're still you're still in the system. You're still using you know your points, or you're still booking something via Disney. 
the problem is, is that there's all these people that, yeah, they're, you know, I, I think the kind of people that were doing this is, you know, they would just go and book a value resort or whatever, you know, they would just, you know, book a room at whatever the cheapest thing they could. Yeah. yeah the cheapest yeah, they, room like they the, could find. Yeah. So yeah, you're not talking about points or deluxe or anything. They're, they're not thinking about that. They're just going, you know, book a whole bunch of rooms at the all-stars and then, you know, make all these fast passes for people and then cancel those reservations at the 30 day mark. So then all of a sudden, you know, the people that were, like I said, this is, you know, I think this reflects back to, you know, the people saying, you know, I'm, I'm looking to stay at such and such a place, but you know, I'm, I'm three months out and there's no availability. But then the question is, is, you know, people are saying three months out, there's no availability. What happens inside of 30 days that, you know, that same person is not looking at that place at 30 days because, they've already, you know, at three months out, they've gone, well, there's nothing available. So I'll just settle and book, you know, an offsite or book somewhere else. But then all of a sudden inside of 30 days, there's all these rooms available because people are canceling reservations. Right. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I think it's a good change. I, I'm, I'm glad they're doing this. I, I, they, they've been really trying hard to close a lot of loopholes with fast passes and everything else, and I, I think it's a, it's a good thing. So, yeah. And again, like I said, that comes down to, you know, this, this all results or this all revolves around user experience, right? You know, exactly. you know, for for those of us, you know, you know, booking fast passes. If everybody's complaining that you can't get a fast pass because, you know, all the people that are following the rules are not getting any availability because the people who are exploiting these loopholes are sucking up all the fast passes. You know, Disney doesn't want that. So um, if, if you're somebody who's listening to this and you were making use of this loophole, um, I, I try not to be rude, but sorry, I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> like, that's about as rude as that's about as rude as Canadians get right there. Right. So I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I I try not to be like that, but I I don't really have any sympathy for people that that try and play these angles because I don't feel there's any need for it. it, it it's a lot of it's a lot of really underhanded stuff that you know just makes it bad for everybody, right? Like it just it makes it a bad experience all around. So don't do that. <laughs> it's always the people that abuse the system that make things worse for the people that don't, right? Yeah, you know it's it it, it, it that's all this. There's so many things that end up happening. Like I, I mean, just talking about the the. Um, the system they used to have for folks with disabilities, right? That system was working fine, but then people started abusing it. And then as people, yeah. as soon as people started abusing it, Disney had to restrict it. And it, it that stinks. Like it shouldn't be that way because those folks should be able to get on those rides, you know, it, when they can. And so that's, it's this kind of stuff that drives you nuts because it's like, you're just making this worse for everybody else. You're making everything more restrictive and, you know, making everything more difficult. So yeah, and, I think we've talked I'll, quite a lot today, Trevor. Oh, go sorry. I've go. You have something I, else to say? Sorry, I, I was going to say one last thing on that. Is you know, the other thing to think about is you know, if if people keep trying to find these angles enough, Disney may eventually hit a point where they just say, no, this is a paid service now, just to that, you know. That's what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's yeah, that's you, what happened. That's what happened with the box fee. You know, it used to be people would just ship food to the resorts all the time, and it was fine. And then so many people did it that it was like, okay, well now we got to charge five bucks for it because it's becoming an actual problem. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's stuff like that. And, and not that anybody was doing anything wrong by doing that. I have done it, but um, 
you know, it's it's like you said, it's when those things you know really start happening. Sometimes they make it a paid service and they have to change things. So, yeah, hopefully it doesn't go that way with fast passes, but. I yeah, hope not to. I can't see them yeah. charging for fast passes, but who knows? You know, things can change. So yeah. let's wrap this thing up. We've <laughs> talked for a while today. I, I think we. I think we we're good. Good here. <laughs> so yeah. you want to wrap us up here? Okay. Uh, so um, once again, uh, you know, feedback on stuff that we talked about. You know, just questions. You know, just you know, fire us an email. Let us know what you guys are doing Disney related. Um, you can contact us at uh, welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, we, we love getting those emails. We, we Like we said earlier, we try our best to respond to you guys as quickly as possible. Um, but, yeah, keep them coming. Um, you can go look at the website. I, I feel like, you know, at some point we should redesign this website, but <laughs> I just don't think we know yeah. quite what to do with it. <laughs> so That's true. That's um, true. Yeah. But yeah, welcomehomepodcast.com is there if you're bored and you want to go look at it. Um, <laughs> if you want to laugh at us, yeah, or if you, you yeah. know, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, outside of that, um, obviously Facebook is the biggest place where we're at. Um, so you can find us on Facebook at Welcome Home Podcast, Twitter at Welcome Home Pod, and Instagram at Welcome Home Picks. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, basically, um, you can follow those. So like when I was posting photos and stuff from our trip, um, all that stuff gets mirrored onto those sites, but, um, really Facebook is the best way to get a hold of us. And I, I think a lot of you guys know that. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we love seeing the likes, you know, when we post pictures and stuff, you know, I, 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 I do find it funny that, you know, I, I posted a picture of the lamp that I bought and I know all you guys appreciate it. And that's why I did it is, you know, you know, anybody else outside of this group, if I said, you know, I posted a picture of a lamp on Facebook and, you know, I got a bunch of likes for it would think <laughs> I'm crazy, but, but, you know, I'm glad that you guys like it. I'm glad that, you know, you guys respond to it. So, you know, you know, giving us those likes, you know, you know, comments, follow it, share it, all that kind of stuff. You know, we, we love seeing that because we love seeing that you guys are enjoying it as much as we are. So, so keep that stuff coming on Facebook. Um, also, if uh, you've happened to find this via iTunes or Google play or whatever for listening to podcasts, um, yeah, write us a quick review. You know, we, we do like seeing those reviews as well. We, um, the reviews, again, they, they help with the visibility because it, it gets it more, the algorithms on those platforms, you know, more reviews means that it's more popular is the way that they think of it. So, so please do. <laughs> yeah, please, please give us a review. And of course, uh, also don't forget to subscribe to welcome home podcast. So you can be reminded every time we release a new episode pops right up on your phone, maybe auto download. We'd love that. Um, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any place you can find a podcast. Uh, you can find us. You can just search for Welcome Home and uh, we should pop right up. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company. And as such, any and all opinions we, any and all opinions we express on the show, I can't talk. We've been talking for too long. <laughs> it's been a long show. I'm starting to get tongue-tied. Um, so any and all opinions we express on the show are our own so if you have any questions about anything we talked about today uh, contact a DVC representative co- contact a Disney cast member uh, to get more information about things we talked about today uh, join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion of course more DVC talk we hope to see you all real soon this is Skipper Albert 
Danny Wall, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. We do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is not.